Come in. Uh, welcome. We're glad that you've joined us here at Community Baptist Church for our six o'clock program. Uh, it, it's Sunday evening, obviously. You know that. It's uh, by this time of day, uh, our choir would have already practiced. Uh, I've already spent some time with uh, with the deacons in my office uh, praying. Uh, kids have been out on the patio playing and around the building, and and we're we're just getting ready to start our evening program, but. Today our world is in turmoil. An insidious and an unseen and an unknown enemy has worked its way into our world, bringing sickness and death. And many people are afraid. Uh, some are in panic mode. Uh, all of us are affected, and, and many of our well-laid plans have just been thrown to the wind. This morning, in place of our morning church service, we met with you in a morning program and and we brought you a focus on Psalm 42, where we found the psalmist was struggling with depression because of a new normal in his life. Well, we asked some questions, three as a matter of fact. The first question was, why are you so fearful? And we learned in the psalmist's experience, he had some enemies that had come into his life and had changed his normal into a new normal, and that... Those enemies brought brought depression in his life. Well, we ask a second question. How do you feel? Well, uh, he, he was depressed. He said he was overwhelmed by the, by the enemy that had come into his life. Uh, he felt abandoned by God. Where's God in all of this? He even contemplated wanting to escape the new normal and, and find a way to flee from what he was experiencing. And then we ask a final question this morning. What can you do? Well, we learn from the psalmist and his reactions that it's important to become transparent with God. God has big shoulders. We can become honest with God. We can tell Him exactly how we feel. We found the psalmist even expressed his emotions to God. He talked about crying during the day and crying at night. He was... He was expressing to God how he really felt. And then we found as he drew near to God, as he spent time with God, as he focused on the countenance of God, we found that the psalmist began to hope. He, he developed a confidence, a trust in God. Hope. Hope is a powerful, powerful emotion and experience in life. And we found from Psalm 42 this morning that the greatest thing we can do is to develop, to develop a, a hope, a confidence, a trust in our God. If you missed the morning program, I trust you'll go to our website and you'll watch and, uh, and learn a little bit more from Psalm 42 about how to deal 
with some of the problems in life. We could even entitle it, I Need God. Right now, today, in the new normal of our COVID-19 world. I hope you'll watch that program when you get an opportunity. Now this evening, I want to stay on theme and I want to bring you some related thoughts to what we learned from God's Word this morning. We're going to begin with uh, bringing in uh, our missionary in Rocha, Uruguay. Chris Sisler was saved and called to preach through the ministry of Community Baptist Church. His family is serving the Lord in Uruguay. They have planted the Community Baptist Church of Rocha, Uruguay. And, and he wants to, to voice a question that is often asked by people in times like we're experiencing. So uh, let's, uh, let's sit back and allow Chris to uh, introduce this question to us at this time. Okay, Pastor, I've got a fun question for you, one that people are asking all across the world. Why would an all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful, sovereign God allow such chaos and panic and death and struggle and difficulty come across our world like this virus has caused? Thank you, Chris. That, uh, that is a powerful question. It's an important question. It's a question that we, that we all face, and that is why. It nags at us. Why? Why? If there is a God in heaven, why is this happening on earth? Why doesn't God do something? If He's good, then why doesn't He seem to care? If He's loving, why is He silent? Why? 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 Important question that we ask at times like this. I want you to know that God has big shoulders. He can handle your questions. He invites your questions. And there are answers to your questions. Well, let me offer you a couple of thoughts with regards to why. I want you to stop and think of, about the fact that we live in a fallen world. When God created the world and when God created the, the human race, He created us in perfection. Our genetic code, our DNA was perfect. Our world was perfect. Peace reigned. It was an amazing paradise. But then something happened. The creation rebelled against the Creator when they fell. They when they followed the temptation of of Satan, and our world, with all of its paradise perfection. Our world became a fallen world. That fact that our world became a fallen world is, is critical to our understanding of why. It is a fallen world. And things don't work in perfection the way they used to work. Our human bodies don't work like they used to work. The further we live as a human race past our creation... With a perfect genetic code, the more broken our genetic code becomes. The mutations, the problems, the brokenness of our physical bodies are passed on from generation to generation. And the further we live beyond and past our creation as a human race, the more the fallenness of our world takes its toll in our personal experience. Sickness, disease, death were not a part of God's creation. It was not a part of the perfection of paradise. But it's a very real reality 
that we deal with every day today. Our world is a fallen world. And that's a big part of the reason why we are going through COVID-19 with all of its disease, with all of its death, with all of its fear, and with all of its panic. We live in a fallen world. I want to mention another thought that follows that. And that is that the fallenness of our world is, is manipulated and used by Satan to bring havoc into our lives. Satan is even called in the Bible the God of this world. Let me read a, a verse that we find in our Bibles in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 where we find Satan called the very God of this world. The Bible says, "...in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them." Satan does not want the glorious gospel of Christ to shine into the minds, the hearts, the understanding of people. That glorious gospel is the good news that, that God became human through the miraculous virgin birth. God became human and, and as the amazing God-man, Jesus Christ, He lived a perfect life and so He did not need to pay the penalty of sin which is death. And yet He took our sin on His back. He went to the cross of Calvary and He died in our place so that our sin debt could be paid for and God could forgive us of our sins. And Satan does not want that glorious message of Christ to become understandable to people in this world. And so He blinds their minds. And as the God of this world, He manipulates the fallen world to put up obstacles in the minds of people to keep them from believing what the Bible says about a loving God who created them. And even after we rebelled against Him, He came at great cost to Himself. He suffered and He paid the price for our sins. And Satan doesn't want the world to know that. And so he uses the fallenness of our world to turn people away from God. And the Bible calls him the God of this world, the God of this fallen world. Let me read you another verse. We find it over in Ephesians. And in chapter 2, the Bible tells us, "...wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world..." according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Yes, Satan is called the prince and power of the air. And in this atmosphere, in this world that we're living in, this fallen world, Satan has a role of power. He is a prince. He is the power in this world, the God of this world, bringing pain and suffering and death and horrendous problems into the lives of people. There's a reason why 
our fallen world is going through many of the problems it's going through. And we can go back to what the Bible tells us about our world falling into sin and Satan's role in this present world. And we can find much of the reason why we're in the condition we're in in our world today. Hey, I want to introduce you to a website. It's a website that's been put together uh, by some people that, that desire people just like yourself to have access to answers to some of the big problems and questions in life that we face. Uh, we did not produce the website, but we financially support the website and its ongoing ministry of making information available, particularly to young adults who are searching for answers to questions about life and about God and about the Bible. The name of the website is truelife.org. And uh, this amazing website is a list of media clips and uh, printed documents that are topically arranged so that you can find answers to your questions. I would invite you to go to truelife.org this week and spend some time looking for answers to your questions. Uh, let me show you four questions that you can find on truelife.org. Questions that are very appropriate to this COVID-19 world in which we're living. The first question is, why does God allow evil? That's an important question. Why does God allow evil in His world? You'll find an interesting media clip answering that question. Here's the second question. Where did evil come from? Where did this evil come from to begin with? Here's the third question. Why does God allow abuse? What, a, what an answer from Josh McDowell in the media clip as he becomes transparent, transparent and shares the, the utter abuse that he suffered as a child and how he came to understand God's love and how he eventually learned why God allows abuse in our world. Here, here's another question. The last one I'll throw up uh, for you to look at. It's the question, why doesn't God intervene? Why doesn't God step in and do something? Important question. You can find these questions posed and answered on truelife.org. And I would invite you to take some time this week to go to that website and, and look for answers to the really tough questions that people are asking. And, and the Really tough questions usually begin with the word why. And God invites you to ask Him. And God provides you some answers to those questions in His Word. Go to truelife.org and find out some of those answers. There's another issue that we face a lot with this COVID-19 world. In addition to all the questions of why, we face the issue of fear. Fear is powerful. Uh, you can almost taste it in the air. People are afraid. Uh, they're afraid of, of a germ they can't see. We can't see it. We don't know where it is. How, how are we going to make sure that it doesn't attack us or our children? Uh, is, it, is it on that doorknob? Is it, is it on that box of, of cereal that I just bought from the grocery store? Um, uh, 
Have I washed my hands enough? Have I touched anything since I washed my hands? I, I, I don't know. There's so much I don't know that fear becomes real in my life. Have you been afraid? Have you found yourself fearful of what might happen in an environment of invisibles that you can't see and know and understand? Fear is very real. Fear actually becomes concentrated to the point where it becomes panic. And, and people begin to panic. They, they do bizarre things. They, they do things they wouldn't normally do. They're panicked over what they don't know and can't see because of the potential. It could make me sick. It could cause me to die. Fear and panic are powerful issues that we deal with in this COVID-19 world. Fear has a, has a polar opposite that almost becomes like two bookends. They're opposites. One is fear and one is trust. Fear and trust are polar opposites in life. When I'm fearful, I'm not trusting. When I'm trusting, I'm not fearful. Fear and trust battle against each other. And whichever of the two controls me, controls my mind, how I think, that's what it ends up managing my life and my behavior and what I do and how I live my life. Fear and trust, powerful parts in our life. Trust focuses on the omniscience of God. God is here. God knows what I'm going through. He knows my tomorrow because He's already there. I need not fear tomorrow because my God is already there. The omniscience of God, His omnipresence in my life, is an antidote to fear. The Bible talks about God walking with us. David, in the famous 23rd Psalm, even said that, that He fears no evil, for Thou art with me. He spoke of even walking with me through the valley of the shadow of of death. Many are fearful today because they don't want to die. And so they're living in the shadow of possibly dying. And in that shadow of death, they're afraid. The psalmist had learned that he didn't need to fear the shadow of death. Why? Because God is with me. He's walking with me through that valley of COVID-19. You see, an awareness of God's omni, uh, omniscience and omnipresence uh, fights against the natural tendency of fear and panic. It is so important in this COVID-19 world to grab hold of a relationship with God that's meaningful. A relationship with God in which I am aware of His presence and comfortable knowing He knows everything about tomorrow. I want you to listen to one of our members. She lives here in the South Riding area. Her name is Ashley. And she was meditating on this thing of fear and trust. And I want you to hear uh, some of her thoughts about 
COVID-19. Enjoy this for a moment. Good evening, church family. Tonight, as we think about the coronavirus 2019, I think about the passage in 2 Timothy from the Apostle Paul in his letter to Timothy that says we're not to have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I'm thankful tonight that my family doesn't have a spirit of fear. At this time, we're trying to remain flexible because everything is changing for us, even by the hour, it seems. Also, we're trying to think about our future. We can't help but to contemplate our future and to think about the summer and our plans and the fall and my boys going back to school. Everything's up in the air right now. Lastly, we have to keep the faith during all of this. In Isaiah chapter 55, 8 and 9, the Lord says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is in control right now. He knows best, and we have to trust that. that. God bless you. Stay well. Thank you, Ashley. Well, wasn't, wasn't that practical? Did you enjoy that? Uh, here's a mom living in the South Riding area, a couple of children out of school, home, uh, kind of locked in, and, and, and she's living in victory uh, over fear. And, and I appreciate what she shared with us today. You know, it, it, it all boils down to what God told us in Romans chapter 8. This is a, if you're a, if you're a Christian, if you are a student of the Word of God, then this verse is very familiar to you. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 and in verse number 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Christians have memorized and quoted that verse for hundreds, thousands of years. The Bible tells us that we know this. Well, we know this in our mind. But do we live it? Do we, do we act like we believe this? We know we know that all things work together for good. It doesn't say that all things are good. No one would argue that COVID-19 is good. No one would stand with the family of someone whose loved one died with COVID-19 and, and argue that COVID-19 is good. Now, COVID-19 is not good. But the Bible tells us that something we do know is that all things work together for good. All things work together to bring out something good out of that which is painful. I remember the old country preacher was praying and he was saying, oh God, I hate flour. And, and, and God, I, 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 hate, I hate buttermilk. And God, a, a teaspoon of salt. I hate a teaspoon of salt. But, oh God, when you mix all of that up together and put it in the oven and out comes those hot, delicious buttermilk biscuits, I love those biscuits. The old country preacher had gotten a hold of a truth that some of us intellectual, sophisticated Northern Virginian people need to get a hold of. And that is that things that aren't good by themselves 
can work together in our lives for good. And when you get a hold of that, it can change you from fear to faith. From panic to trust in God. Because we know that all things work together for good. In the lives of those who love God. Do you love God? Are you the called according to His purpose? In other words, did God call you unto Himself in salvation, convicting you of your sin, convincing you of His love, drawing you to Himself? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you love God? And are you called of God according to His purpose? Not your purpose to become a millionaire. Not your purpose to become or to enjoy a pain-free life. Not your purpose to have a problem-free existence living the American dream. But what is God's purpose for your life? Are you called unto God according to His purpose? And do you love that God who saved you from hell? If so, then you know that all things work together to bring good out of your life. And one day, you'll look back at it all from God's perspective and you'll see that God did you very well in your walk, in your life and walk with Him. Faith is an important issue. Trust in God is an important issue in our lives. And the rest of Romans chapter 8. I mean, you read the rest of this amazing chapter and it talks about how how can anyone separate us from the love of God? How can anyone or anything or any situation or any germ or any disease or any problem in life get between us and God? How can anything separate us from the love of God? Nothing can ever separate us from our God. And when you focus on God's omniscience in your life, that He walks with you even through the valley of the shadow of death, you have no need to fear any evil because you know He's right there with you every step of the way. And so instead of glibly quoting Psalm 23 and Romans 8:28, why don't we live like we're actually Christians? Why don't we live like we really believe what we've memorized and quoted? Why don't we live by faith and not in fear and panic in our lives? Well, we can, we can get a hold of these great truths, grasp this great truth about God, and we can walk with Him in great faith. But we still live in a fallen world. <laughs> We're still living with a 24-hour news cycle that won't let us forget that, uh, that there is grave danger in our world right now. And so is there something practical we can do? Something practical that can help me handle my emotions and deal with how I feel day to day during this time where maybe we're secluded from, from our church family, our friends, and, our, and, and our, our immediate family. And maybe we're spending a lot of time alone that we aren't used to? Is there something I can do that's practical to help me deal with the 
emotions and the and the the struggles of this COVID-19. And I'm glad to tell you there is. As a matter of fact, another one of our members uh, who lives in the the South Riding General South Riding area. Her name is Angela, and uh, and she shared uh, an amazing little glimpse into her past growing up, and uh, and something that God taught her at a time in her life when she was going through some particular struggles, and and she wants to share it with you. So uh, so sit back and and listen to Angela share with you a very practical thing that you can do to help you in a COVID-19 world. During this time of remoteness and isolation, I can remember a time when I lived in the state of New Hampshire when God really showed himself to me. The winters were very long, and I felt very depressed and isolated. I had a very hard time, and so I cried out to God to help me because I knew it was affecting me and my family. God answered me by telling me, Angela, I want you to write letters, and so I did. I wrote to my church family, my family, my friends, shared with them my struggles I was going through and encouraging them about how much God loved them and how much God loved me. Through all of this, God strengthened my spirit, and so now I encourage you to take the time to write, text, call, reach out to others and remind them of how much God loves them and encourage them. Wasn't that wise? And practical, and and something that can give us something to do in our uh, aloneness, in our uh, being sequestered to our homes. Something very very practical and helpful that we can we can do. You know, when when you focus on others, your problems become minimized. That's that's so true in life. Have you experienced that? When, when, when you're having a struggle, but then you get out of your little, uh, your little problem and you begin to focus on somebody who's in a bigger problem and you focus on them, all of a sudden your problem seems to be lesser in intensity. I remember the story years ago that was told by a gentleman who worked in a cemetery. He was a caretaker in a cemetery. And he said someone that was very wealthy in his community had died, and the widow was very wealthy. And, and he said regularly, after, for, for, for weeks and months after the, the burial of that individual, the widow would come in a black limousine, being chauffeured. She would get out. She would bring flowers. She would put them on his grave. She would leave. And that happened like clockwork. One day, the gardener uh, spoke with the lady and says, Lady, I can't help but... But having become aware of, of your grief and, and the look on your face uh, as you come every uh, week, and, and, and you've been doing this month after month after month, and you've been bringing these beautiful, gorgeous flowers, and you put them here on the, on the tombstone of your, of your departed husband. And, and I, I, just, I just feel impressed to share with you, ma'am, that, that these flowers, after you drive away, they just wither and die and no one ever sees them but right down the road there's a there's a senior citizen complex and there's a lot of people there that are still alive and and if you would would stop and drop those flowers off to someone who can smell them and someone who can see them maybe 
someone could get more benefit out of these beautiful flowers. He excused himself and 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 the lady drove away. He didn't see her. For months he didn't see her. One day, months later, she pulled back into the cemetery and she walked over to him and she said, Sir, and, and he, her countenance was, was, was so different than he had seen before. She was smiling, her eyes were brighter, and, and she had no flowers in her hands. And he walked over to her and she said, I just came by, I, I stopped, I felt impressed to tell you that I, I did what you suggested. And I found out that there are people who can smell the flowers and there are people who can see the flowers. And I found out that my gesture in their lives brought hope and life to them. And when I saw the impact of what I was doing for them in their problem, all of a sudden I I felt so much better about the situation I'm living in. And I found that when I focused on caring about others, then I ceased caring so much about my problems. That's the reality of life. Thank you, Angela, for sharing us, with us just an idea of how we can spend some of our alone time and, uh, and be able to bring some joy in somebody else's life. And, and we'll find that that is therapeutic in our own lives. So focusing on others can make a huge difference in, in our fear of what we go through in this COVID-19 world. i got one last thought. I want you to uh, consider the word that we ended this morning talking about. It's the word hope. The word hope is a powerful word. It's a positive word. It's a forward-thinking word. It's a word of confidence. It's a word of assurance. We hope in our God. But it's not a question mark. It's not a hope that's uncertain because our hope is grounded in the character of a God who promised us things that we know He's going to do. So we don't use the word hope with a question mark. We use the word hope with an exclamation point. Our hope is in our God. I want to invite Chris Sisler, uh, our missionary in Uruguay, to, to come back and, and read you a verse of Scripture that, that capitalizes on that concept of hope. So... Uh, Listen to Chris one more time. Greetings. A verse that I've been meditating on as we've been going through this time of chaos comes from the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans as he's praying uh, for the group of believers. He says in chapter 15, verse 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Our God is a God of hope. And this God of hope gives us certainty. He gives us confidence. We can have hope in this time of uncertainty. We can have joy in this time of trial. We can have peace in this time of panic and chaos and worry. Our God is one who gives us hope during this difficult time. May we trust in God and look to Him as our source of hope during this time of chaos and panic. God bless you. So here is the reality at the end of the day. Hope. We ended the program this morning with the same word from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Hope. Our God is a God of hope. And I trust that as you wrestle through these principles from God's word, that your fear will begin to fade and your hope in God will become stronger and become 
real and powerful in your lives. Well, thank you for dropping by today. I'm so glad that you uh, were here with us. And and let me encourage you to uh, spend some of your alone time and family time uh, having family worship every day and having personal devotions every day and spend some time uh, learning more from God's Word about how God can help you in times like uh, our COVID-19 world we're living uh, in today. There's some uh, material to help you along those lines. You'll find the links in the description section below and also on our website page. And uh, don't forget to send me any questions you might have. Uh, you can send them via our website. I'd be happy uh, to entertain those questions, maybe even include them in next week's programming that we'll be bringing to you. And by the way, next week we will not be having our public gathering here at the facility of Community Baptist Church, but rather we'll be bringing morning and evening programming to you at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., much like we did today. Next week, the theme is heaven. Uh, What an exciting theme that is throughout the pages of Scripture. And we're going to be looking at Revelation, where the Bible speaks of heaven, with a descriptive phrase that is kind of intriguing. He says there'll be no more sea. What in the world is that all about? Next week, we'll be exploring what the Bible says about heaven and the power that has for us in our lives. And uh, you can also help us to reach others by uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel and liking our Facebook page, and that'll help us uh, get in contact with more people to share with them the amazing story of Jesus Christ. Can we end with a word of prayer? Father, thank you for the opportunity to meet through media with so many people today. And Lord, I pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ might be real in our lives on a daily basis. Lord, thank You for loving us. Thank You for being present with us in our lives during this COVID-19 period of time. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for part of a Sunday service at Community Baptist Church. I hope to meet you soon. May God impress His love upon your heart this week.